This is a Four Sevens Network podcast. Foursevens.com. The Sniffer. Nora? Kathy, these mics are so cold. They were <laughs> just out in the back of the car for 10 minutes. They're like ice. It's really cold. I know. It's good that it's cold, though, given yeah. that it was, you well, know. Since we were yipping and complaining about how freakishly warm it was. Well, I know one should never say maybe global warming would be good. <laughs> Compared to, I burnt my face off. Literally, I burnt a patch of my skin. You literally off. burned your face off. I did when I was out walking in the field last week. And it wasn't booze. Because <laughs> I went out and I just happened to look in the mirror on the way out. I don't... Anyway, <laughs> and I came back in and my face felt weird and I looked and it looked like I had attack of Bill Clinton rosacea on the right side and it was like these big red marks. From the sun? From that, no, it was, it was night. From the cold. Oh. It was like, yes. So you've got, you're back with your gray goo. <laughs> gray goo. Actually, it relates to the whole issue of climate change and uh, fossil fuel use. Technology Review, which is MIT's sort of quite mm-hmm. great technology sort of over the next hill type of uh, look at technology. They had a piece on how there's this whole flight of new startups that are trying to get crude oil from algae. I didn't realize this, but part of the natural byproduct of algae is bio crude and then you refine it or there's another type of algae that in its sort of um, production process gives off more carbohydrates so the idea is that you would use that to make ethanol so there's two possible production models and a number of startups on each side of the production model and the idea here the advantages here would be a that you know unlike making ethanol from corn that you can use you know horrible waste land or whatever right stuff that you wouldn't normally need that that wasn't great farmland because it's just going to be a pit of algae so they don't just have to go and get the algae from the sea you could do it anywhere you could could like farm it essentially oh god then we'll be getting the algae farmers creepy algae farms yeah (laughs) i'm going out in the slurry But it did remind me of the whole thing of nanotechnology and the gray goo. You imagine the algae like getting out of control and falling over. But this is definitely true. Yeah, they're not doing any algae farming up at my place. (laughs) But yeah, but I think this is just the beginning of all the things that we're going to see coming. Because, you know, so many people just freaked with that UN report last week. Yes. But I think we're much too tenacious of a species. People will get inventive. I firmly believe in that. I think there will be some changes. But but algae farms, hmm. There are some some technical stumbling blocks, but also, I don't know. I mean, it would be, to say the least, unsightly. You can imagine the whole NIMBY thing. We have (laughs) algae on the pond, or the lake, pardon me, it's a lake. And it's covered in algae. I wonder if in the summer, if you could harvest that stuff. If you could do it, or does it have to be in like in some super contained algae pit? It's conventional algae from what I understand, but you you then have to process it, right? You couldn't just use it. Like you can't just squeeze out the algae and pour it in your gas tank or something. Like you, it has to do, have some processing done. That's interesting because even <laughs> this, just this if you could... into your whole going off the grid thing. It like does. You, <laughs> you, you see, because at first I was like, I was kind of bored actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was saying, oh, okay, big algae pits. But then you start thinking about all the different areas, in, even in Canada, that have like these huge swamps. 
Yeah, northern so, Manitoba. Think of all those huge numbers of lakes. So if it was handled properly, hmm, I could make my own gas to run. All oh, right, all <laughs> oh, right, we better have to go <laughs> off oil. Farmer Bond. What do you yes, have? I have a fashion update, something really <laughs> serious. Well, actually, I had a very bad experience. You know, I do this podcast with Judy Rebick. You know, yes, I do the that real re- women. Yes. Well, and you know, Judy is slightly political, and I made the mistake of wearing a rabbit fur hat into her office last week. Like this is one of the you wore it here tonight. It's one of those yeah. sort of hunter caps that's yeah, Edmo- with fur Elmer on the inside. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even think of it. She said, "That's not rabbit, is it?" And I said. No, no, no. That sort of rabbit on the inside. Fire. But I'm not alone in wearing fur because right now fur is back in a huge bang, especially in certain markets like Russia and Turkey. Yeah, but there was this one guy. This is something that I grabbed from the uh, JC report. They make throws and they make pillowcases and they dye it yeah. pink. That's stuff. what they do now. It's kind of ironic. The highest end of fur production, you see this when you go to Holtz or whatever, is all in stuff that actually really looks more like fun fur. It doesn't really look like yeah. real fur because it's all dyed and shaved and stuff like that. So there you go. But would you wear fur? You, you have know, that purple coat. <laughs> <laughs> That really is fun for her. That's really a cheap fun for her. Pretty funny when you see it. (laughs) Um, You know, I wouldn't wear it because I find it a bit creepy. Maybe it's having a cat. I just sort of imagine Billy skinned on my head or something like that. But I would have to say that I do find a lot of... And I say this as somebody who's been a vegetarian for almost all my adult life. I do find a lot of meat eaters to be tremendously hypocritical about this kind of thing. You know, where you're like, it's fine for me to have my steak every week or whatever. But somehow, because an animal like a rabbit is cute, that's a problem. Like, you don't need to eat meat any more than you need to wear fur. Yes, I do. there's such a ridiculous double standard around it like there was that whole thing that happened with uh sean combs where his it was revealed that his sean john jackets were in fact not trimmed with whatever it was supposed to be rabbit or raccoon or something but they were in fact trimmed with chinese raccoon dog hair right (laughs) and everybody freaked and he had to do the big mia culpa but what's the difference right it's just because it's this hysterical reaction that people have because it's a dog and not a raccoon like it's ridiculous picking and choosing of animals based on how they fit into human models of, you know, what I consider cute or what I consider a friend rather than something that I would put on my plate. I would kill a beaver. I was attacked by a beaver once. (laughs) I was I think they're real pests, actually, in quite a few rural areas. They're big. And when they're mad, they flap their tail. I was out jogging, and this beaver came up over the hill, and we met, and and they're big. I went, whoa, and then it started, <laughs> and it started sort of coming, and but they run, and I turned around, and I ran the other way, I had an Eddie Hendrix on, and it was all the way back to the cottage. Okay, well, I guess that's it, huh? That's it, we've been yapping too long. Oh, well, I can cut it. Bye. Bye.